Today on the podcast is Tom Calloway. He's an amazing young man with an extraordinary story. That's How it. are you? Not too bad. Good to see you. Yep, good to see you. Yeah. Always. Uh, yeah, definitely. And uh, it's like it's been a while that we've seen you because you've been away traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't wait for you to get back so we could have a catch up. Yeah. Talk about what you've been up to. Yeah. You and your girlfriend are traveling in a van that you renovated uh-huh. um, with the hope of going around Australia. Yeah, and a uh, 2003 uh, high-ace commuter. Um, yeah, we, well, we built it. Uh, we, we, we come back from, from living overseas in August and we, uh, yeah, we bought it two days after we arrived. Um, we, yeah, pretty much got got working on it straight away. Um, yeah, four four months later, uh, after working on it, pretty much every day, only ever stopped if it rained, which wasn't very often, and if we were out looking for parts, or we might have had the the odd day that we had a break. Um, but yeah, four months later, we'd we'd finished up. So December. December 21st, uh, not long before Christmas, well, yeah, obviously four days before Christmas, we, we uh, left off. Um, we headed, headed east. Uh, headed, do, you, do you want me to go through any of the build stuff? Or? Well, I've seen your build on Instagram, mm, and yeah. uh, we'll talk about your page later mm-hmm. so that other people can have a look at it. But from my point of view, you, what you've done is an awesome job. Mm. Um, you're a tradesman a mechanic Mm -hmm. so you applied your tradesman brain Mm -hmm. into doing this um, (laughs) renovation on your van whereas other people just whack up a piece of board don't insulate and chuck a bed in you've really thought about it yeah well we uh, what you've produced is awesome yeah so yeah people can definitely go to your page and see some pretty neat videos yeah it's not really up to date yet but yeah it'll give you the idea yeah yeah we're a bit a bit slack on the updating, but it's it's most of the way through yeah. the, the process because yeah. we filmed it. At, you know, the I think we filmed pretty much the whole process in like a time lapse sequence. Yeah. So, yeah. I think the uh, is it the people? No, what is it? Uh, it's that's me. The yeah. people we met. <laughs> you idiot. Yeah, uh, you are, you guys the are escape artists. The so escape artists. It's uh, underscore the full stop escape full stop artists okay. underscore. Brilliant. Right, yeah, I'll go there and have a look at Tom's videos. Yeah, and Perrine's, and Perrine's. Perrine, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's a star in it as well. Yeah. What, before we go too deep into your um, travels, mm. we'll get back to that, but I wanted to go back in time to, to you. You grew up in Adelaide? Yeah, grew up in Adelaide uh, pretty much all my life down down south here. Well, this is classified as south, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no longer, no longer area. Um, yeah, uh, in a family of well, eight, including myself. So eight. Mum, mum, dad. Yeah, yeah mum, dad, and then six, six kids. Right. Okay. Um, all in the, all in the. Where do you order. come in that order? So I am, I'm pretty well in the middle, obviously. Um, right. So third. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. So I've got two, two older sisters, and there's me, and then I've got. Two younger brothers, and then the youngest is a si- another sister. Yeah, okay. Um, and they are all all still down south, actually. Yeah, uh, never, never left. 
like never never moved away they've never left the uh, the country i don't think no no one never has so you're the only one <clears throat> attempted to escape attempted yeah yeah i did did for a while I've, i'm obviously found myself back here yeah um but i'm sure we'll what was it like growing up in a household of six kids uh as you could imagine well, the only reason i say that <clears throat> pretty, is because i'm from six kids as yeah well. Mm. so well we can compare mm. so in in our in in my household uh, it was quite it was pretty manic you know um there was always always someone someone arguing and someone always someone arguing with someone else and um but it, it was good because there was uh there was you were never bored like there was always someone there to, mm. to do something it was with like a party every night yeah, yeah but we we grew up you know we spent most of the time outside unlike kids today um we would yeah always be outside we lived on a big hill so we'd be riding our skateboards flying down the hill and getting injured and doing all sorts of crazy stuff um it was a bit a bit turbulent as well um because growing up uh within a with well my, my, my dad was a bit of a drunk so that was uh it, i guess that played a big part in in all of our lives um mum mum did what she could i think she probably did what she thought was best um but yeah i don't know i guess what was best isn't always what's best for so everyone else how, well. how often would he come home drunk uh he wouldn't come well he wouldn't usually come home drunk he'd usually uh be sitting in the sitting in the kitchen with the tv blaring and drinking himself into a bit of a stupor there Every now and then he wouldn't. He would. He would. You know, go to the pub and get drunk there, and then come home. But I think he'd preferred to drink at home because obviously then he doesn't have to drive. Not that it stopped him from driving or anything, because he he'd, he'd drive with us in the car. He would drive. He'd hop in the really? car if he needed. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Were you able to? Like you're probably too young at the time, but on mm. reflection, were you able to determine why he was like that? no no you know what it it was only until i grew up i and started understanding myself could i understand why he did what he did to himself mm. um as as a as a kid you uh, i don't know you see you see your parents as um well, you're supposed to see them as your heroes. Yeah, you, you kind of see know them. Everything. Yeah, you see them as the, you know, they, you know, all, all they utter is truth, and mm. and what they teach you is is right, even if it is, you know, some some crazy sort of dog, dogmatic ideas, you know, whether they're um, harmful or not. You will, you know, you you learn from their. Uh, Oh, what do you call it? Um, Just their parental advice, what yeah. they're trying to tell you to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I saw, I saw him as, and I saw he was almost like a Jekyll and Hyde type character. When he was sober, he was not. He was not too bad. Like he was decent for most of the time, but he still had some pretty nasty sort of traits about him where. He would 
uh, he'd be kind of controlling, you know, um, when it comes to, you, you know, the way you're thinking and, and in, in your emotions, like you'd... Would you kind dread of, going home sometimes from uh, school? Think and wonder what, what you're going to get? Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. I think especially after coming home from primary school, I would have been quite young, maybe around um, seven. Coming home from primary school, mum hadn't picked us up that day, or dad, which I thought was weird. We had to walk from school. This is when we were living at Morphavale. And um, and we walked in the front door. There was police out the front, walked in the front door, and mum was standing there and she had... Uh, she was holding the telephone and there was blood all over the telephone and she had blood all over her face and and that was all over the kitchen counter as well and he'd uh, he'd head butted her so and obviously split and they split her head open I think that I think from after that it was a bit a bit more kind of uh, scary you'd want you know as a, as a kid you'd you, you wonder kind of what you're going to come home to next or if you're going to be picked up that day from school or something like that. Um, mm. Yeah, so I'd... That would have been frightening for a little kid. Yeah, yeah. And so I think it your, was... Were all, all your brothers and sisters, did they feel the same? Did you like stick we, together and try and help each other? Or We, we did. Um, I think some of us, we dealt with it differently. I'd say my younger brother, he became very... Uh, withdrawn he was very quiet um, and throughout his schooling he, he had you know trouble not not as in he was he was trouble like he, he just he just wouldn't participate in anything he was just mm. very withdrawn and just mm. wouldn't talk and didn't want to do anything yeah. and but you know he was probably busy in his busy in his head trying to work out what's going on and mm. you know do you think yeah. your mum suffered a bit from the the battered housewife syndrome, where she wouldn't maybe own up to the fact that was going on, or uh, y- yeah, um, y- yeah, and obviously, uh, I don't know maybe as well. Th- she she was probably wanting she was probably wanting what she thought was best for us, which was having both parents around, mm. whether it was harmful or not. Yeah, okay. and it was very harmful. Yeah, um, yeah. So she wasn't making any but attempt to get rid of him. Well, she yeah, she tried. Uh, I, I can't remember how many times. Um, yeah, I lost count. Obviously, if you can't remember how many, how many times, there's probably a few, quite a few times there, where he was kicked out and he'd come back. And I think there was only once where we had left and, and we'd we'd come back. But uh, yeah, she and as well, she probably looking back, she probably didn't want to. She's probably afraid of being by herself, wasn't she? Mm. A single parent with. Six, Six kids, kids is probably going to be quite difficult. Mm. So she just put up with what she had to. Um, so you travelled through primary <laughs> school in this fashion, yeah, all the way through into high school. Yeah, and it was high school where I started to feel feel the effects of my childhood, and as and and what you know what was still going on because he'd. You know, he still drink. He still drinks to this day, um, but uh, he he. Mum had mum had uh, kicked him out. I don't know. Uh, 
maybe when I was around sort of 15, 16, but uh, by that time it was, you know, I was pretty well, mm. yeah, I, I was pretty well done mm. done for mentally. Um, mm. Did you ever find yourself in a position where you were like defending or sticking up for your mum? Yes, yeah, for sure. Uh, a few times, but it was only when I, when I got older, well, yeah, me, me and my brothers got older, that where we could actually, well, we felt we could stick up for her. Um, and the last time, just before mum kicked him out for the last time, yeah, there was a big bit of an argument and a bit, bit, bit of a fight and me and my brother had grabbed hold of him and he was, he was, he was really, like really drunk. Um, so he was stumbling, you know, stumbling around and we yeah, grabbed hold of him, pushed him out the back, out the back door and he fell down the steps and he was on the ground. And uh, me and me and my younger brother would, you know, because mum was in the house. I think I, I, I can't remember what had kind of played out, but yeah, um, we'd wanted, you know, we'd spent our whole life being ruled by this kind of uh, almost like psychopathic person, like a monster. <laughs> yeah, and and now we finally had a, a little bit of power of our own. Not that, you know. When I say when I say that, I don't mean like I just I, I mean I mean we didn't feel ruled by this person anymore. Uh, we were able to, we th I guess we thought we were able to look after ourselves. So yeah, we were we we kicked him out of the house and standing over him and he's, he's saying to he, he was saying to us yeah you know come on then like he wanted to try fight us and it was at the moment you no know, we we both realized that we were, you know, we were better than him. That we weren't going to stoop down to his, his level, but we weren't letting him back in the house. Mm. Um, and after that, yeah, that was it. He'd, mum had kicked him out and yeah, that was, that was the end of, uh, end of him, you know, the final, final time of him living there. Um, but like I said, it was a bit too late. The emotional sort of mental damage that a person like that can, not can do but does do to to you is pretty severe um and it's you, you don't you don't really know how how much it affects you until you get older and you start to you start to realize you um you're quite quite um sad there's something in yourself that you you i guess you don't understand you're quite sad depressed my self-esteem was pretty much, you know, nil. I had mm. no, pretty pretty low kind of motivation and drive to want to do anything. And um, yeah, being at you school, you probably thought also that, that it was normal. Or did you have other mates that were uh, at, that you'd visit and they'd be? Nah, I knew it. Yeah, I I I don't think I, I ever thought it was normal. Another, you know, I had I had a few friends. Um, and you know, one of them, especially his his dad was wasn't wasn't a drinker, but he was um, he had a problem with uh, opiates, um, so things like uh, like Valium and Diazepam and that sort of stuff. Um, but there was never any abuse or anything like that. Mm. It was mm. just more. Oh, I never saw it anyway. Mm. The arguments and the abuse, yeah. yeah. Whereas he could probably hear the arguments and the, the mm. fighting going on for from mm. his house up the road, mm. from my house. Wow. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, so. so. Yeah, it's, it's from a self-esteem point of view, it was devastating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought I was pretty. I was very, yeah, very become very sort of self-conscious and. Um, Sorry, I know you can cut this bit out. I'm right. trying to trying to go back to how I felt mm. then. That's okay. Which is it's hard. It's hard to now because you because it's something that's been dealt with finally now after so many years. Um. Yes. So. Yeah. Self. Self-esteem was was quite low. I, I found it very hard to, very self-conscious. Found it very hard to interact with people. I was always I couldn't make eye contact. I'd always be like, you know, looking down. I always walked, you know, walked around with my head down. Didn't want any attention. I was just. I think I was very. I was. I, I think. I don't know if I look at it now. Maybe I was very scared to. Is it scared to live? You know, would you would mm-hmm. you think someone like that oh, is wow. very scared to? Well, you, you kind of wanted to make yourself unnoticed. Yeah, very. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, high school was hard. Um, I tried. I, I like probably most people. You you put up a you know you put on a mask. You have this mm-hmm. sort of facade that you put across to everyone. And and you know, you, you you wear a bit of a smile. As much as you can, um, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, I've kind of got lost here. You're doing well. Hmm. Um, yeah, you. I guess, like you said, you do your best to be unnoticed because you carry around a a pain that's pretty debilitating. Yeah, high school. So after. After most of my friends left in high school, I'd left early. I dropped out. I didn't finish. Um, I had a. I worked. Had a full time job. And. Uh, Is that a motor wanted, mechanic? Yeah, uh, I my first job was just in Big W. I was. Oh, yeah. I, I was uh, working as a, as a storeman. So out in the back dock. Which was, probably good. Yeah, it, it was. Could it was good for me. Out there. What's that? You could hide away out there. Yeah, I worked by myself, but it was good because it gave me the interaction I needed with people. It was, you know, forced in, inter- that forced interaction is, is, mm. is, you know, good because if you hide away at home, that, you know, you, you purposely, um, you know, lock yourself away. You, you've got no chance to mm. be able to to work through things, I guess, and interact with people and force yourself into situations that you would usually choose to avoid mm. um, uh, while I was working there I 
um, I got my first car I took it to my uncle because he was a mechanic because it needed a service and from that point I was like wow you know this is really interesting I want to try and do this so I ended up getting my getting my mechanic apprenticeship and yeah that's kind of I guess that's a not really a, much of a story no, I still, no but it was good that you like through that and through your uncle was it your dad's brother or your mom's it was brother? my dad's brother okay. so he he kind of became my he kind of became a role model for me <clears throat> that that was he positive. aware what was going on at home yeah yeah he was yeah um there's nothing he could do well no there's not really i guess that's like i don't know i guess if you had a if you had a a, a brother that was a, abusive to his children would you try and intervene there and take his and do something with his children it's a tricky situation it is, isn't it? yeah Mm. And as well, especially because he's he's a very sort of passive person. Mm. He doesn't want, he doesn't like concentrate concentrate confrontation. There you go. Uh, <laughs> so um, yeah, he didn't really want to get involved. I, I guess. Mm. Um, I guess you'd assume that one of the parents is going to be responsible and do the right thing, but yeah, yeah. Well, your mum couldn't. Yeah, she probably. Mm. Too, too afraid mm. too scared mm. yeah yeah um, so yeah he was a, he was kind of like the, my, my positive male role model I'd, I'd say the probably the first first one I I had really um, I always looked up to him I always found him interesting because when we were younger we'd go out to Adelaide International Raceway and watch him race his car down the down this drag strip and yeah. whatever and to me that was amazing cool. yeah mm. um so yeah getting to work with him in in his little shop and then yeah getting my apprenticeship and learning he, he, he taught me a, he taught me a lot but i still still struggled with the the you know problems of the past and self-worth yeah mm. yeah badly mm. and i he wasn't someone that like a lot of like a a lot of men you know still these these days they don't want to really talk about personal issues like that so or they don't want to be seen yeah yeah that's it they'll be you'll be seen as a bit sort of weak and you know Mm -hmm. yeah tough or not that's it and that's the kind of attitude he has as well Mm. um yeah so I, i never really spoke to him much about the problems um, and I still, you know, still hadn't dealt with them myself. Um, yeah, and it was, I think during, yeah, during my apprenticeship, I'd kind of got to a point, I'd stopped working with my uncle, um, got to a point where I just, I'd kind of struggled with it for so long. I, I, I didn't really want to keep struggling, you know, anymore. So yeah, my, my, uh, I guess my idea with fixing that situation was just ending ending my you know ending my life um, yeah which was was that something going, that came to you quickly or did you spend a lot of time thinking about that yeah I don't, I don't think it comes to I don't know I, I can't imagine something like that comes to anyone that wants to do that quickly it's probably something that's very thought out, but 
when it comes to actually doing it is another. So yeah, did you have a plan? Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I, I had, uh, I'd heard, I'd, I'd heard a story years before about a, a young guy who had. Um, he actually worked at Toyota. I don't know if I should have said that or not. Maybe. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I heard a story about a young guy years before that had, yeah, drove, he, yeah, that, he did that. He drove himself into a tree. And I thought that's probably the way to go because I don't have to, it'll be quick. It'll be instant. So yeah, I'd kind of taken that and logged that and I'd clearly logged that in the back of my mind somewhere, not thinking much of it at the time, but then, you know, year, after years and years of contemplating it, you know, that was probably the, my best option is I'll do the same thing. I'll, I'd gone up to Picket Range Road and pick a tree and yeah, I was going to just drive myself into it and I'd got to the point where I'd was was sitting on the road with my car idling with my seatbelt off and I was obviously in a pretty bad you know, place mentally um, and I thought I thought about my my mum and how much it would ruin her um, even though she's got five other kids you know I'm sure one short wouldn't matter but yeah how much it would ruin her yeah, I wouldn't only be ending my life, but it would end, you know, end her life. Not not physically, but she would not she wouldn't be able to cope mentally. It probably would be the you know, the straw that breaks the camel's back, you know, that would probably just send it would have sent her over the edge after all that she'd been through as well. So yeah, I obviously I'm sitting here today and That's that, a pretty yeah. heavy moment to be sitting there with your seatbelt off, ready to go. Mm. And the first person you reflect on is your mum and how it will affect her. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the conversation of suicide is, it's a massive one. Yeah. And, and no one, no one wins. No, no, it's a, no, not even the person that, that does it. It's just a, um, a permanent solution for a temporary problem, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, um, I'm so glad that you didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, and Me I'm too. fascinated to hear <clears throat> the next part as to how you got yourself out of this mm. predicament. So, I <clears throat> I still didn't really reach out for help after that. I just tried to just kind of buried away a bit. So I, no one knew that you. No, not planned no. or even attempted this. No, and it was only two until years later I'd even mentioned it to my mum, <clears throat> and even just mentioning it to her, she, you know, she kind of broke down in tears. Um. Uh, so. You can cut this out. There. Are you finding it hard to recall this and tell it? Some of it because, well, 
not some of it, yeah, all of it really, because, well, it's a, not only a long time ago, but it's something that <clears throat> uh, once once you once you get through it and you 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 don't feel like that anymore, it's hard to go back to feeling. Because mm. uh, you know, yeah, in a way, when I'm trying to sort of dig it, when I'm trying to dig it up and and think about it, it's trying to relate to the person that I feel like I once was like I feel like a completely different person mm. now it's almost like a it's almost like I'm trying to explain a different person's life mm. um, yeah uh, what was the question that you'd you'd asked I, I said I was fascinated to see how you got yourself out of this situation. right that's right yeah so like I said I buried it away I didn't really deal with it I didn't reach out for help or anything like you know most people don't um, until I I got in I, I, got, I got into a, a relationship and that that kind of I guess darkness and you know bitterness I, I had in me ended up was a bit of a catalyst to that relationship ending um, and it was at that point I'd realised. That I need to. Ch- I needed to fix myself. Like I needed to change myself because I'm not only affecting myself, but I'm affecting people around me. And it was the first time I, I really saw it properly, like that. So, it was after after going through a very sort of dark period, you know, where I was just not only hated myself, but you know, kind of hated the world and you know was was bitter and <clears throat> just. Not a very nice person. I, I actually started to talk to people. I, I, it wasn't wasn't really any sort of organisations or anything, saying that I did go to, um, I think it was called is it called Headspace? Mm. Yeah, I did go to them. After, because I didn't have an appointment for a long time, I did go to them after, but I'd already dealt with it all, so it felt like I didn't get anything out of that because I'd was already kind of on the right track but just communicating with <clears throat> with friends about emotions like male you know male friends is important um, you know about how how I was feeling and and uh, seeing how other people can relate in a way knowing that you're not really alone mm. was pretty important like yeah. it was it was the first time I realized oh yeah I'm not I have people here that you know do care care about me, and that and that are here for me. You know, even if you remove them from your life, um, they will come back and help you if you need them. Yeah, the the you know the, your real friends. Yeah, you know, the the good the, the good decent people, which I still have today. Um, Well, there's a, a few things that kind of converged all, all at once. There was, yeah, there was the, the friends and speaking to them about about things. I didn't go into into detail with them about, you know, my past and and uh, that that sort of too much. Yeah, too much of that heavy sort of stuff that I dealt with more. 
I did deal with that sort of more on my, not on my, not just on my own. I, I used, I used certain ways of dealing with it, I guess, you know, one of them being, being music, one of them being music, um, a, a band called North Lane I, I really liked at the time. Um, the lyricist, you know, wrote the songs they wrote were, were amazing and, and kind of, uh, touched something I guess inside me which I hadn't really felt and it made me think hey what's like you know what is this this is mm. interesting mm. Um, there's more to this than I, I ever imagined when I say more to this I, I think it was more to me my existence and sort of life yeah, then I found floating as well which is where I met you and you and Ellie yeah um, so there was, yeah, the music, there was, there was the floating, which that bring on its own, own sort of, well, I guess its own sort of world as well, doesn't it? Mm, um, definitely. Pretty, uh, pretty interesting and, uh, There's lots of anecdotal e- evidence of success with PTSD and, uh, those sorts of mental illnesses with mm-hmm. floating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not surprised that you enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and then I, th- I think I think I, re- I reckon it was before, might have been just before floating. I had gone on my first trip to England. Okay. Because I'd finished my apprenticeship and I wanted to just uh, escape. Yeah, yeah. Because well, I was listening to to, to North Lane. I was like, there's 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 more to. I I felt like I needed to do more than just exist mm. i felt like i'd just been existing mm. just making it you know um so i wanted to try live you know live a life a, a little so i thought well you know let's let's plan a trip go away for a bit so i did i went, I went overseas and um it was only it was only a short trip though i was just over a month but just having that month alone not being in a familiar place uh having that sense of i guess security and normality taken away is is good to kind of push you into into positions that i was never really comfortable in Mm. so just through that first trip it kind of helped me uh it helped me a lot with just um i guess communicating because i had to do a lot of you know you were forced to. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, you, especially because I was sta- I was staying in hostels all the time, so I was always staying with other people in dorms and whatever. So yeah, I was I was forced to talk to people and talk about you know talk about things. Usually, and, and as well, usually when you're traveling and staying in hostels, you're only with people for a very short amount of time. So you're very open and honest mm. with each other mm. sh- straight away, yeah. more so than what you are with your with your next door neighbor. Yeah, you might or, your, get to or know. your family, or or you know some of your friends that you've known for years. Mm. And I've said this once, and I've, it offended the friends I had back here. But it's you know they didn't really understand what I you know what I meant. Mm. <clears throat> um, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So that was that first trip was important. Um, you know, an, an important important sort of stepping stone in that path of i guess recovery yeah and 
discovery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, started started floating, and while I was floating, I'd I had started getting tattoos as well um, to. I guess as as reminders, the the the, the yeah, that almost act as reminders. Um, you know, not not only, I guess not what I'd been through mentally, because I think everyone goes through. You know, I think it's more common than not that people have hard lives. Mm. So I don't see myself as, and you know, any anything unusual. Which is pretty sad. I think it's it is fairly common. Well, I think what you went through is pretty extreme compared to some. But like you say, most people have something that's going on in their life that's causing them an amount of stress or mm. anxiety or worry. Mm. Um, so you know, some of the tattoos I got were, um, you know, the the one with the clock with no hands, the the pocket watch with no hands, with the eye looking at it to me that represents you know obviously time if it's got no hands on it then we can't uh i spent i spent all my life growing up worrying about what was going to happen or what had happened and that's where i found myself being you know most depressed or or or, or anxious because you know if you're living in the past you're 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 going to be probably depressed because you're thinking about something that has happened. If you're worrying about the future, you're probably most certainly going to be anxious about what may happen. Um, and I spent you know a good part of my life doing that. And it was only up until I, I think floating was a was a, a really good help. That and and sitting, just sitting, I'd go down to the the local beach, Port Nanga actually. And I'd just sit on the sand and just watch the watch the ocean. And also being out on my surfboard, sitting on the surfboard and just kind of bobbing up and down. And that was probably, I think that was really important for my, my mental state and helping me become more present and not worrying about things, you know, too, too calm or that have been. Um, so, you know, that's what that, you know the clock represents so the, there is no time yeah there is no there is no time 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 i think it's albert einstein says time has no independent existence apart from the order of events by which we measure it which is you know seems to be pretty well bang on doesn't it mm. we just I, I guess you you can say well yeah time does exist because we we're aging. We live and we die, but I think it's a different different type of time, isn't it? That mm. one. Um, it's a the the. I guess that that we can't escape, obviously, but then we we have this idea that time's linear. You know, it can't goes from point to point, but. How do you know it stops at the stops at the end? How do you know you don't you don't move beyond that? You know how do you know that's a, that's a that's a finish? Mm. How do you know that's not a beginning? How how come we can't remember where we were before we were born? Mm. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah the the lighthouse i've got written underneath guide me home the the light <clears throat> the light at the lighthouse represented for me you know it was the things that helped me helped me uh, help me get get back to some sort of sense of peace within myself whether it was music and floating people friends or family that's what that kind of Mm, represented awesome. um, and then the other arm I've got, got a few bits, good looking fox on there. a few bits and pieces yeah the, the fox so the fox was uh, the fox was something that came to me in a, in a dream which felt too real to be a dream um, it was I was in a park with my two one of my, one of my older sisters one of my younger ones and um uh, there was this there was this big big row of trees so on on the on the back of this field at this park there was this big row of trees and from out of the trees came this this big this sort of giant pack of foxes there was there was loads of them that came out <clears throat> there was one leading in them all and they were all walking towards us and my my sisters were they were scared i think actually it was Never mind. It was. It was. I think it was a younger sister and my and my niece. Actually, they were they were freaking out and they were scared because they thought these foxes were going to come back attack us or whatever. But I could, I knew there was something. I knew that they were they were peaceful and they were friendly, and I was kind of reassuring them like, don't worry, don't be afraid. These, these are friendly. Like, and they end up walking over and the the head of the pack walked up to me and it was looked like this really sort of old wise looking fox and it walked I was standing there and it walked all the way up to me and I knelt down and it put its face on my face and just stared me dead in the eyes and it said to me um, like you know you don't have to worry anymore like you can just let go Mm. (laughs) and I woke up from that dream just uh, well I was just, I think I was just so, so moved and I fe- it felt like a, a bit of a, another weight had kind of been like lifted off my shoulders. Um, yeah, so that's what the, How? the fox represented. Yeah. After, after that, I started looking into, um, you know, what it meant and obviously people have different ideas of what it is, but, uh, um, each one of us is meant to have a, a guide, a spirit animal, or a totem animal, whatever you would like to call it, throughout our lives. I think they, I think they can change, but yeah, I'm, I'm not not hundred um, percent. And according to according to the knowledge online, <laughs> um, yeah, the fox was my was there to help me. It was my you guide up at the right time. Yeah, well, it was like I said, it was like a, this sort of everything. Everything all sort of came together, all at the the right time. Not just the right time, but all at the same time. It all started. Everything I needed to see started appearing. Mm. But a lot of people um, are in that depth of despair position in their life. Can't see a way out. They can't see any way that they can affect change. Whereas you have. Yeah. 
because you feel so you feel so hopeless so you don't think that things can change mm. and so what would your message be to them for starters definitely realize that you're not alone even if you've i think even if your family even if your family doesn't even if you're not feeling comfortable talking to things about uh, talking to your family about about certain things or about your mental state the friends you have around you know you can always talk to them because for for a person that's not in your head they can't understand it doesn't no. make sense no no and even even now it's hard for me to make sense of how I was feeling mm. because like I said it's almost like a different yeah. person mm. um, so realise you're not alone what, what, what would be the next step I'd say definitely like you, you hear you hear the or whenever I hear about depression and and getting help and, and whatnot, it's always the same thing. It's always, you know, just you have to reach out for a bit of help. You have to realise that there will there is people there that can help you. Uh, yeah, in that case, it might not be necessarily professional, but it's the lyrics of North Lane or it's a yeah. float tank or it's a, yeah. it's, a, it's a dream. Yeah, yeah. I think understanding as well when you understand that you you're more than just this simple individual going through life you're you're a pretty pretty amazing well you're a pretty amazing sort of being mm. living this incredible experience on a on a beautiful planet mm. that you share with seven billion other people that aren't so different from yourself mm. I think what do you think what in, do you think of today Tom uh, it's I have kind of you know it's it's worrying in some in some ways but then in others there's a lot of decent people out there as well there's a lot of good no, things I going meant on you today's Tom Oh, today's Tom. Is it yeah. today's time? No, today's Tom. What do I think of? Uh, <laughs> I how do I how do I think of myself? It's strange. I don't. Uh, I think I think of myself as being very uh, compared to. Compared to then, I'm very, I'm very stable. I'm very, kind of happy and content with life. I'm not just content with life. Like I, you know, I, I love, I love being able to live this life, being able to have this experience. That, um, that thought, I guess, or that view, didn't just come from, you know, floating and working with myself. You know, then it that came a lot with working with um, the the mushrooms as well. That was mm. probably one of the one of the, if not the most important things in in my life. When you say mushrooms, what do you mean by that? The mushrooms of 
the magic kind, the mm. psilocybin, psilocybin mushrooms. Um, yeah, after, I don't know, do you want me to jump into this bit? Or? Yeah, I think that t- talking about um, maybe not your experience of, mm. of the mushrooms, but the profound effect that's had on you. Mm. So they were, <clears throat> they, I was always very anti-drug growing up. Didn't want to drink, didn't want to smoke, didn't want to do anything. I thought everything was bad because of obviously what I'd grown up with, dad being a drunk. He was a heavy, heavy marijuana user as well. And uh, so I thought, no, nah, all these things are terrible. Also, you grow up um, misinformed about what these things actually mm, are. Yeah. Or just not knowing not knowing at all. You, you, you just... You might be told, oh, yeah, magic mushrooms, you, yeah, you, they make you lose your mind or something like that. Especially if you learn from your parents like I did. Mum was very anti-drug too. She still is. Mm. Um, if I wanted to sit and have a conversation with her about drugs, she would just try and... She would just probably beat me down with... Uh, a, I guess her, her very uh, strict opinion... I don't know if it's like an older generation thing. Or... I think so. Yeah. Um, so after after floating, after well, while while floating, I started started reading a, a, a lot of a lot of interesting stuff when it came to um, consciousness and 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 consciousness sort of expansion. You know, the, the certain tools we can use to uh, understand ourselves a little bit more. You know, one some you know one way might be floating. Another way can be meditation, which I did. I did both of those, and I saw you know saw effects and the thing and uh, experiences you have are interesting. And then <clears throat> psychedelics had come up, and I you know I didn't I didn't really have any understanding of what they were, what they did. But I, it was something that was always interesting, and it was only up until uh, a couple of years ago. I had finally, after you know, quite a long time of research and you know reading, listening, and um, learning how to to grow these things, I I had grown myself some some mushrooms, some psil- psilocybin or psilocybin cubensis or psilocybin cubensis. Um, and yeah, had a had an experience that was probably yeah the most sort of profound experience of my life. It just it, it's hard. It's it like most Is it people. Like a reset. Like uh, it's more. I don't know if it's. I guess it, I guess it's a bit of a yeah. It's like a reset, but it's more a you remember who you who you were before uh, who you were told to be, I guess. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a tool that you know, dissolves boundaries and you know, breaks down walls and, and all these ideas of who you think you are 
and you know it, it pulls apart your identity which terrifies people and that's why these things have such a bad I guess have such a, a bad reputation uh, as a I guess you know as something that will make you lose your mind yeah uh, when I think it's I think it, in a way, you it, it frees your mind. <laughs> it 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 breaks down who you think who you think you are. So you know you're not you're not these this um, uh, you're you're not this accumulation of you know what what experience you've had and what, what food you like, what jobs you've had and what people you know, what, what you think of yourself or what you think people think of yourself. That's not really you. When you've had, when you've had these experiences, you, you, you are, are, are pulled out of your, what you think you're, you are. You know? it's, hard, it's hard trying to put it into words because it's such a... You can't really put mystical experiences into no. into words. Well, you've done it beautifully in the book that's available that you've written about your experience. So yeah, maybe after this on your Instagram, yeah. you can direct people towards it to read it. Yeah. So um, well, it's a short short story in in a book. Mm. I didn't write a book. Mm. Mm. <laughs> uh, that is called the psychedelic anthology. So it's a seven volume series. I think they're actually writing the fourth volume now, but my story's in the third volume, and it's called the Shattering Hum, and that's yeah, that's available on on Amazon and mm. on Kindle and yeah, yeah. Um, I don't get any money for it, so it's not like I'm. You've had the pleasure it. of writing it, yeah, I recalling just, it and writing it. Yeah, well, it's all my experiences. I I would write down in my journal afterwards that's mm. something that's something that I think is very important as well when it comes to you know a healthy a healthy uh, mind is is journaling mm. because you can kind of have a different perspective on yourself you help yourself answer questions that you can't usually that you find hard to answer you know if you're just chatting chatting to yourself yeah. in your head yeah but, um, yeah just I'd, I'd written about most of the experience well, all the experience in my journal. So I just pulled it out and fixed a few spelling mistakes and just worded it a, you know, a bit nicer. And uh, yeah, if only I could articulate like I, you know, I, I, my, 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 I, my, my thoughts and kind of uh, ideas flow better in ink than they do on you know, out my mouth. Like, yeah. I wish I could articulate half the things I think about. You've, you've articulated this story really well. It's mm. amazing. And to be sitting here, I can't picture that kid because that's not you. Mm. Um, along the lines, when you were going through this process, you were also drawing, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, I did a bit of, did a bit of drawing. I think I started, uh, I, drew, I drew when I was younger, I guess for me that was looking back now. Yeah, that was probably a bit of an, an escape for me because of where it puts me. Mm. Um, you know, it puts you in that kind of flow state where you 
forget okay. everything. Yeah. Um, if you can get into the groove enough. If not, then you get a bit frustrated at yourself and mm. chuck the pencil down and try again the next day. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, when I was living in England with my partner, we she bought me a, a really nice professional coloured pencil set for my my uh, my birthday. So I decided to pick up the pencils again and, and start trying to try to draw a bit a bit more, give mm-hmm. myself the the time. Yeah. So yeah, it's, that's I guess that's a a nice sort of meditative type of experience. Yeah. yeah. It's a it's something that puts you in the moment, which is where you, you know, that's the only thing that's important. Mm. Yeah. Which uh, that stuff's. I, I do sell, there's a few things I have on my Instagram that, or it, link, it links to a shop on Redbubble. I think there's a there's some on another shop called Society6. So, yeah, there's a, a few bits of my artwork that is available. Um, but I haven't really, it's not something that I've, I've taken too seriously. Uh, it's, I do like to do it as a hobby. It would like, I would like to, it'd be amazing to, to make a living off it but I think you'd have to be you know, dedicate a lot yeah you mm. have to dedicate so much time to it but all these things that you've done like or, or like tools mm. to get you to like this position you're in now mm. um, for you and Perrine mm. you've come to the conclusion that you really do need to escape yeah yeah I think having the freedom of Traveling, so that's how I met Perrine. Um, so I met her in Asia when I had traveled, I started traveling through Asia. We both met in a little school in northern Thailand. Um, yeah, and having the, having the freedom while you travel and having the experiences and, and seeing how, how important this life is to experience. And then going from there to England, where we had full-time jobs and, you know, didn't Back really, into the vortex. Yeah, didn't really get to see each other a whole lot. Well, probably more than most, um, but, you know, didn't really get to spend as much time we'd like together and didn't get to do things we'd like to do. Which to, you know, everyone that's normal, but to, to someone, I guess to someone like me, but also many other people that have had certain experiences where they realise that freedom is, that your life is, is yours to live and that freedom is important. Mm. So you didn't like the idea of being stuck in the humdrum of the city life and no. travel to and from work and no. mortgage no. and debt and all that sort of stuff? No, and even yeah, now just thinking about it is it just seems it seems insane. Obviously, it works for <laughs> some it works for some people, but yeah, like I said, I feel like this life is an experience to be to be had, and it's it's I find it really kind of sad that people will go through all their life without having living much of a life mm. and experiencing and you know experiencing certain things and knowing who they really are. Um, not the, not just the idea of who they think they are. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, it, 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 yeah. So after, well, I, I think the the experience with mushrooms was was a, a bit of a uh, it, it pushed the idea a, quite a quite a lot of of that freedom and not wanting to be controlled or mm. um, anything like that. So while we're living in England, we we had planned to come here, but we you know we had planned to just go get in, get into a house, rent, get some furniture, get jobs, and then live live here and pay for uh, Perrine's visa. But we were just so uh, I don't I don't know just disillusioned. Yeah, and the idea of that was just kind of a bit upsetting knowing that we had to go back it's like a claustrophobic feeling yeah yeah Mm. being yeah just being it's almost like being you know imprisoned Mm. somewhere where you don't want to be yeah so we decided that freedom would be uh well we decided like maybe a van like getting a van would be a good idea so jokingly I don't know whether she said it or I said it. it was you know we're like why don't we why don't we get a, get a van live in a van go travel around, kind of laughed it off and we're like yeah why not, and then I think you know, the next day we actually spoke about it seriously and we thought yeah why not just do it, mm. which is something that uh, I guess I would have ne- never have done being the the person I was mm. because I that insecurity and that. Instability was something that scared me. It scared well, it scares anyone, doesn't it? it? Can scare everyone. Um, yeah, but when you, I think when you've when you've had a had some experiences where you you realise you don't need to control try control your life so much. You can just let it go. Yeah. You go with the flow. Yeah, life ends up. It turns out, you know, it, it turns out pretty good. Like it, if you, I think if you follow what feels right, the universe will always help you out. It always, it always seems, always seems, things always seem to work out as they, as they, not were meant to, but because I don't really, when it comes to things like fate and whatnot, I don't. I don't know if I'm not a. I don't go with fate too much, but it always seems to work out as things yeah. Yeah, as things are meant yeah. to. Well, now that you're in your van, mm. do you think that you're truly free? Hmm. So, yeah, that's a good question. You know, what is? Some, some people's money. yeah well that's it you know some people's <laughs> idea of freedom is, is different so I think we are, we feel freer than what we were right now we're in a home we're in a, doing a house sit while P's doing some P's doing a bit of work we we still got that burden of of money mm. yeah um, but I think a, a few a few months of full-time work and we'll be able to head off for you know quite a long time I think the idea of um, you know when it comes to money you need to have it to live mm. some people can live on very little yeah 
But if you if your jobs are casual, yeah, or part time, you you never feel owned because it comes to an end. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. you move on to the next thing, and you uh-huh. have a bit of a break in between. So you're not in this thing forever. Uh-huh. Yeah. For you guys, that's kind of how you'll find it as you get more experienced at it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and as well, the, you know, one of the main reasons we wanted to get in the van as well was not only to have the freedom, but to have the time to do the things that we want to do. And for me, that was, you know, drawing. For for Perrine, that was creating her things. She she draws quite a bit too, and she, she creates her jewellery and like a, a cool little uh, bohemian bracelets and necklaces yeah. and stuff with crystals and... You know, we thought we'd have, an, we'd, you know, if we have enough time, we could dedicate ourselves to that and and uh, make some sort of living out of doing that, which isn't the case yet, but we haven't been at it that long either. It's not mm. going to come overnight. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. We're just gonna... You're just, figuring, just in this figure it out stage. Yeah. 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 Um, I really, really like, that you were brave enough to tell that story because that's heavy duty. That's a big story <laughs> that has got an awesome outcome. And uh, if you're not proud of yourself, I'm proud of you <laughs> for Thanks. what you've been able to achieve. Thanks, mate. And uh, I always, when I met you quite a few years ago, I was, thought this guy's an extraordinary man, and you are. But before we go, I've just got one more question. Mm. Have you been able to forgive your dad? Yeah, yeah. That's something that <clears throat> was probably a crucial part of the, the transformation. And that was forgiving because that holding holding the, the grudges is like poison. It's like poison in yourself. Uh, and that... Yeah, I guess, yeah, it's like an anchor that weighs you down. If you if you're holding on to like that hatred for a person, it doesn't affect them. They don't care that well, they might care that you hate them, but they don't feel what you're feeling. So, it's only really affecting you. So that was yeah, that was a, a definitely one of the the massive things that helped was that was that letting go of of that kind of pain and and the anger towards him, that resentment I had towards him yeah so I I speak I still speak to him now quite often like I said he's still drinking Um, but he's which is if if anything now I have a lot of I feel sorry for him a bit like I have a lot of compassion towards him he's obviously not in a good place himself because mm. anyone anyone that had that does that to other people clearly mm. isn't in a, in a good state mm. so he has to live with himself yeah which for him you know that's that's a hard that's a hard thing for him to do so if i'm if i'm able to answer the phone when he calls might make him feel a little bit better mm. I don't do it, you know. I don't just do it because oh, you know, this might make Dad feel good. But you know, I'm still interested in having a chat with him. At the end of the end of the day, is still my dad, and what he did wasn't right. But yeah, it's. 
I guess it, it's just one of those things, isn't it? Well, who, who knows what was the causing factor to him to behave like that? Mm. Well, and, it's, and I, I like that you feel sorry for him because he hasn't been as fortunate as you no. to extract himself from it. Yeah. Because he can't. Yeah. I think the his I think his well his father was a I think his father was a bit of a drunk as well. Mm. But he never forgave him. Could have been. And he could never forgive himself. But yeah, that that forgiveness is is important. Forgiving Mm. the person that was so destructive towards me, but then also forgiving myself. Yeah, we were the probably most important important uh, points in my in my life, as well as yeah, a few other. Obviously, a few other things, but yeah, if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't have got any further. I wouldn't have moved from from mm. where I was. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can't wait to see what you do next. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and I look forward <laughs> to our next catch up. Yeah, me too, mate. Which will be it will be soon. Yeah, good on you. Got some, got some plans. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll catch up. Yeah. Right. See you later. See you, mate.